Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe Buck will have the call for the Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night on ESPN. He is the voice of Monday Night Football, and it's always great to talk to Joseph. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Everything's good. Uh, okay, so you have broadcast thousands of games. You've watched all these games over the course of your lifetime. From You, you were born watching games. When you see a goal like Kairou scored last night, do you still jump off the couch? Uh, well, I'm 53 and I'm tired after uh, chasing four and a half year old twin boys around. So I, I, I kind of I, I I move forward, but there's no jumping. I, I rock in my seat. And I think that one of the things that people need is that sports is about emotional investment, and you can't be emotionally invested when you have people talking in your ear and you're doing a broadcast. You know, people say, oh, Joe doesn't want my team to win, and you wrote about it in your book. You can't worry about who's going to win when you're broadcasting a game. But what you are emotionally invested in is blues hockey. Yeah, I mean, there was just nothing, and, and everybody, I'm sure, listening who's a blues fan feels the same way. There's just nothing that I've experienced as a fan. Um, maybe when I was 13 and the Cardinals won the World Series in 1982, uh, that gave me that feeling of euphoria, like watching the Blues win the Stanley Cup. I, I just I was getting ready for the U.S. Open. I was out at Pebble Beach, um, which is a great place to be, and I was just hunkered down in my room, and Brad Faxon was on our crew, and he considers himself a Bruins fan. <laughs> Which was comical. I couldn't name one thing, one player that, that <laughs> plays for the Bruins, and I'm living and dying with every goal. I mean, it it's just a it, it was it was euphoric, and and I I just have never felt anything like that as a fan. It was it was amazing. Hey, Joe, I want to first of all say thank you for uh, what you and Troy did last week uh, in the Bills-Bengals game, just you all taking the moments and understanding thank the you. severity of, of what took place. Uh, and I'm sure you've been been asked this question time and time again, but wh- I want to know what was the stadium like in that moment? I know sitting at home as a fan as a, and as a f- former player, and it was gut-wrenching and heartbreaking. What was the stadium like in those moments uh, while that was taking place? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I I, I will I will say I didn't hear one shout from any fan like, come on, let's go. I, I think everybody could see with the looks on the faces of the Bills players that this was something different. You know, you, you we unfortunately we see these head injuries and um, you see a, somebody's knee get bent the wrong way and you know that it's going to be a long rehab stint for whoever that player is and you take a moment and pause, but this was just on another level. And and I, I will tell you that, that what people saw on TV was a sliver of what we saw in the stadium. So, um, you know, once that moment happened, our cameras pulled back, and I was talking to our director, Jimmy Platt, about it. 
And the way he shoots that stuff is very wide. And if he does get closer in on a player's face with, with the reaction, he doesn't linger there for a long time. So a lot of wide shots. And, and I was only able to see it because I could see over the wall the players had made around DeMar Hamlin uh, from where I was sitting in the booths. So the higher up you were, the more you could see that this was not your typical situation with the, the way they were feverishly giving him CPR and everything else had transpired. So the, the crowd was unbelievable. Um, you know, there was, there was no frustration. Um, I, you know, the fans just knew that this was something different. And, uh, you know, it, was, it, was, it reminded me of being at Wrigley uh, when the word started to filter around that Daryl Kyle had passed away in his hotel room in Chicago. And by, by the time they made the announcement, Joe Girardi walked out there uh, and, and spoke to the crowd. And, and you knew when Girardi did that and, and was emotional that fans just filed out. It wasn't, it wasn't riotous or anything. So I, the stadium was stone cold quiet and it was just, it was a, it was a scary scene and, and kind of hard to put words to in, in the moment. Hey, Joe, on Monday Night Football, you and Troy have seen most, if not all, of the playoff teams. Is there a, a team or a performance that w- when you walked out, you said, man, that, that team has a really good chance to be in and win the Super Bowl. Is there somebody that's playing either this weekend? Obviously, we know Casey and Philly because they're the number one seeds. But is there somebody playing this weekend that you say, man, look out for them? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think Cincinnati, even the way they opened that game uh, against Buffalo and they went right down the field and scored and they were moving the ball again when that awful scene happened. Uh, I, I think they're a very confident team with a very confident quarterback that believes they should win every week. They have three wide receivers that are fantastic. They have a tight end that's now healthy. Uh, their offensive line, I, I think Kappa's out now, so they're, they're minus two of their offensive line with Lyle Collins being down. But I, I love Lou Anarumo. The only problem is, you know, they lost Chidobi Ouzier, one of their probably their top corner, and they're playing with Eli Apple, who, you know, they'll, they'll even admit to you that they're just hanging on for dear life with him. But he is a survivor, and as Lou Anarumo told us, so he, he can get the job done. I, I like Cincinnati, and, and a dark horse team to me, Take the young teams this time of year, especially after a 17-game season. Nobody would ever pick them. They didn't play that great last week, and I was there. But I think Jacksonville is scary. Um, and, and do I think they're going to win? Probably not. But, I mean, other than the obvious picks, Jacksonville is a team that, that I just think is – they've got receivers. Uh, they've got a quarterback that can move and throw on the run. That they are they are not anywhere close to being a favorite in any game they play. But I there's no teams I think that are that are racing to get down to Jacksonville or waiting for them to come in that's excited about it. Hey Joe, it seems like uh, these organizations are becoming less and less patient with head coaches. Uh, really, in the last five to seven years, you got uh, Lovey and David Cully one year in in Houston, and then you got Cliff Kingsbury, you know, ousted after signing a contract extension. Are you ever surprised when a coach get fired gets fired in that manner? No, well, yeah, I mean, we all shouldn't be. You're right. There's a lot less patience in the world for everything. So yeah. it's not just head coaches. It's first-round draft picks. I mean, Zach Wilson is mm-hmm. already, according to most, a bust. And if you talk to Troy Aikman, 
you know, who I do every, I talk to him every week. It's just not that easy. And sometimes it clicks in later and look what happened with Geno Smith this year after, you know, basically 10 years of bouncing around the league after being a, what was he a second round pick by the jets back in the day out of West Virginia. And he was a bust and flushed out of there and, the guy's pretty good, and I think that the teams are really quick to pull the plug because of fan pressure, because of you know the talk shows that are on TV every day. Oh, this guy stinks. This guy can't coach. This guy's lost the team. So yeah, I, I, I should we be surprised? No. Am I surprised? Yes. Uh, you know, and and Michael Bidwell clearly is is willing to eat a bunch of money to make Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime go away. And they've got a quarterback that they paid a ton of money to that's going to be rehabbing a torn ACL. Uh, so that that organization, they, they may be in the second worst spot, uh, the worst spot right now belonging to Denver. Hey, Joe, I gave a line to uh, one of your coworkers at ESPN, Nick Wagner, who used it in a story this week about a handsome, likable NFC West quarterback that wears number 10, suffers a leg injury to knock him out, and then gets replaced by a guy wearing number 13 that nobody is aware of who played college football in Iowa. Oh, it could never happen. But here we are with Brock Purdy. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, first of all, you're calling Trent Green with Viani's own uh, as good looking as Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, so there you go. <laughs> handsome, uh, handsome. Well, well done by you. And then, uh, yeah, I yeah. When we talked to so when we we had San Francisco early in the year, and I talked to uh, to Kyle. You know, we have our, our conference calls, and we talked to Kyle, and Kyle's great with us, and Aikman thinks he's the best coach in the NFL. Um. And that was when Trey Lance had just gone down and now Garoppolo's back. And so I asked him, I said, hey, God forbid, Kyle, you know, you get down to Brock Purdy, who at that point was Mr. Irrelevant and nobody knew anything about him. I said, just in case he comes into the game, can you tell us something about him? And he said, well, we all joke because we call him Baby Bosa because he's got huge legs and uh you know he's really i mean he is he's a big thick kid um and then he said i'll tell you of all the third string quarterbacks i've ever had he's been coached a long time he said i would feel most comfortable especially a rookie i would feel most comfortable with brock coming into the game more than any other third string quarterback i've ever had and i was like oh, okay and then he comes in obviously he's 4-0 uh, down the stretch, four and zero, five and zero, whatever the numbers are, and I you can make the case that they're better with Brock Purdy. Now, you know it's at least it's at least on the same level as they were playing. With they haven't missed a beat, and you know that's part coaching, but that kid can play, and uh, you know it's another example. It works both ways. You know where you talk about the surprise word. You know, a lot of these guys that don't get heavily scouted, big, big. You know, they're not they're not on Mel Kiper's draft board, and the guy's Mister Relevant. Well, he's very relevant, and and they to me they're the best team in the NFC going into this tournament uh, with with Philly being a really really close second. Hey Joe, you talked about a, a young team that is going to surprise some people. Another team that didn't make it into the playoffs, but I think is going to be on the rise is the Detroit Lions. What were your thoughts on them this season, and and what do you expect from them in the future? It's one of the greatest uh, shows of of effort 
by a team that loves playing, obviously, for a head coach who I think if anybody watched any of Hard Knocks, you, you came away impressed by Dan Campbell. You know, he, he had that crazy press conference when he got hired and we're going to be biting kneecaps and what I <laughs> he's coached kneecaps, but they want to play for him. And they, on a cold night against a Green Bay team that was hot, uh, they outplayed the Packers in their own stadium and with nothing on the line because of the way the day unfolded. So, you know, you talk about losing the locker room. This guy got a major, major boost by proving that his team wants to play. And the way they call plays at the end of the game with the lateral and, and just, just going for the throat, it's easy to do with nothing on the line. But if that doesn't work, you look like a fool. And it worked, and they looked amazing. So I, I agree with you. I, they, they've got young talent. They've got draft picks galore. They, they seem like they've hit with golf and something's clicked there. So, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think they deserve a lot of credit for the way they played at the end of a long season. Joe, you've been doing network TV for a long time, and over the years, if your bosses could have concocted the perfect scenario, it would be a Dallas Cowboy playoff game against Tom Brady when you're the only game in town, right? For sure. Um, there there were uh, shouts of joy when the schedule came down and there was a text chain going around like, you know, what do you think we're going to get? What do you think we're going to get? What do you think we're going to get? And when they got Dallas, which Dallas could play, you know, the three of us and, and eight other people and it would do like a 20 rating. Uh, it's just amazing the kind of numbers they get on television. And you compare, you know, you put them in the same game with Brady Who's, I, I'm still not convinced, uh, ready to walk away at the end of this year, but maybe done in Tampa Bay. It's a, it's a compelling game. So uh, it made us feel good at ESPN. It made Troy and me feel good because we made the move. And, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a big game for us and a big game for the network. I remember. you. you that it strikes me that uh, Troy said at the end of a Philly-Tampa game last year, right? He said, man, I wish yeah. we were doing the Dallas game. <laughs> he goes, well, you know, I, I said, you know, later today, uh, San Francisco plays at Dallas. And uh, he said, yeah, and some people like to be calling that game. <laughs> I was like, good God. And, and he, he said afterward, he goes, you know, your reaction, he's like, I thought I might be looking for a job after I said that. Uh, but, I, yeah, here we are. So we are doing Dallas. Troy said everybody's happy. It's going to be great. Uh, you've Your first year at Monday Night Football has been phenomenal. I told you early in the season, I walked in that first Tuesday after you guys had done your first game, and I said, Monday Night Football feels big again because of you and Troy doing it. And you guys had a fabulous first year, and congratulations on that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I mean, you don't know, and we, you know, we walked away from the Super Bowl two of the next three years, including this year. But uh, it's fun to be there and and to to have the night to yourself and and try to build it back up again. And, and this game coming up this Monday is is a step toward that. Joseph, one last thing. Uh, you, you mentioned Brady might play again. Could you see Sean McVay being in TV next year? Yeah, yeah, I, I think. You know, it's amazing that, that he needs a break at 36, uh, but I guess he does. And, you know, they've, they've, they've done right by Sean in L.A. I think he'd tell you that um, with, with giving him everything they've needed to compete. They went for it all the last couple of years. They won it all last year, as we all know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think he's, he's a little burnt out 
at this point. And uh, he, I, I think it's a real conversation. He's, he's close to saying, I need a break. I'm not saying he will, but I didn't get a definitive, oh, heck no, he's coming back next year when I was around those guys uh, in Green Bay a few weeks ago. So I, I think it's, it's a real possibility. Always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We'll be tuned in on Monday night. All right, guys. Thank you. See you, brother. That is our friend Joe Buck, the voice of Monday Night Football here on 101 ESPN. Absolutely. Awesome to have him on with us. Got to talk to the Marvin Bad News Barnes and the St. Louis Spirits last time and got to talk some football this time. He's well-rounded. He's pretty well-rounded. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's good as he gets. <laughs>